Hi everyone, we are in the Prayer Centre at Hope and this is our talk of the week. Uh, it's really nice to have blue sky and sun shining in through the windows and you might hear the background noise of I think it's playtime or, or lunchtime or something at the, at the school over the road, Potwells Primary School. And we've got a food bank happening downstairs and, and Aaron's making soup in the kitchen. So uh, it's good to be here. And uh, Anna, same to you. Yeah. So we felt for those who were with us on the 2nd of January that the words that God had for us this year at Hope, or for me, but you know, it feels like it's, it's growing to all of us, is the word press. And so Chris is now going to do a recap of how Charlie illustrated that in terms of football. Yeah, so Charlie began with his football illustration. I'm not as good on football as like he is or Dave Peregrine or Pete Westbury or others probably, but um, he was talking about the, the concept of pressing within football and some people hate football but it's still a helpful image and so Ralph Ranić is this new manager of Liverpool and he is the sort of godfather United. oh did I say Liverpool yeah. sorry Manchester United apologies apologies and um, and uh and he's the sort of the godfather or the author of the German it's just a German word isn't there something beginning with G press Gagen, Gagen press that on the 2nd of January yeah Gagen press which is basically sort of high intensity football where, um, where as a as the team, let's say the team has lost the ball, let's say Man United lost the ball, then um, then their approach will be to really go back hard on the opposition who won the ball, basically cutting off passes and, and winning the ball back as quickly as possible. Really high intensity, lots of energy required. Jurgen Klopp with Liverpool uh, has been as in in that style and kind of looked up to Ranić as someone who's taught him his approach to to football. And Charlie was talking about how Firmino. Uh, is the player within Liverpool who kind of leads the press and, 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 and takes it forward. So that's, that's it in a sense, it's kind of high intensity. In fact, I was, Benj, uh, our son gave me a, a Rafa Nadal's um, biography for, my, for Christmas and I started reading that. And it, interestingly, he also talks about in that how playing Federer, particularly in the 2008 mm, yeah. um, Wimbledon final, and he's saying how, he basically says Federer's a better player than I am. He's got better shots, he can win a shot more naturally from anywhere. But, um, so his his approach is to kind of pressure him the whole time, not give him a chance to flow, but to continually try and keep him on his edge. And I thought that's quite similar mm. to the pressing football. Yeah, that's really good. So we're gonna read, and for those who are on the uh, 2nd of January, you'll see the brackets tenuous, or not so tenuous link with Paul's letter. No, it's a good illustration. It's very, very good. It uses the same word, press, to illustrate the approach and the heart posture we want to have going forward. So this is from Philippians 3, 4 to 14. I'm going to read the whole section and then Chris is going to share some thoughts about what pressing means to him at the moment for us all. So look out for the look out for the kind of context. So Paul's yeah. writing about himself and his own sort of mm. religious background. And then and then watch out for the magic P word. <laughs> yeah, there's also a goal in there too, which is quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, and we put no confidence in the flesh. So this is chapter 3, verse 4. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, Paul speaking here. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, which is kind of human ability, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. 
But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And this is the particular bit. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. So Chris, what does pressing with that illustration and this text here, what does that mean for you in your life and for us here at Hope? Yes, I think, I think it's helpful, as a, we feel it's helpful for us as a, as a word for the year for us in, in terms of describing, and we can go into some more details, another point about the sort of practicalities of that for us. But, but obviously it's in the Bible and it's, and it's something that Paul's teaching as a kind of principle of how we follow Jesus and what it means to be a Christian. So it doesn't need to be a sort of magic, a special word for the year. It's, it's always a word for now, isn't it? Yeah. You know? um, but um, yeah. one of the things that I found interesting in this and find helpful is uh, in my experience of church, I, I've kind of grown up with this thing about we're saved, we're saved by grace and um, Jesus has done all of the work for us on the cross. So therefore we haven't got to strive mm-hmm. and, um, and sort of win God's approval uh, because Jesus has done that for us on the cross. And, and, um, and, and the, the, I think that that's a little bit too simplistic actually uh, in terms of our understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. And it can lead to a, a kind of almost a fatalistic approach to us. We just sort of sit back and say, Jesus has done the work and uh, I can just I can just chill out and, and things will happen and and I think that, that you know that's I don't think that's the teaching of the New Testament and I think this this illustrates that and um, uh, I don't think it's a, a heavy burden that gets put on us and we'll kind of go into that in a minute but um, but there's there's an invitation in this uh, to to take hold of the truths and realities and the life that God has for us that we don't experience unless we unless we press, you know. So so Paul starts off, doesn't he, by in those first verses by going kind of his religious pedigree, and it's like I've you know I'm one of the t- I was sort of one of the top Hebrews in the, the chosen nation of God's uh, of Israel, God's special people. I was the sort of top tribe. I was the one of the top scholars. I, you know, I did everything right, and that was the whole problem with. Judaism wasn't it was that it was thinking that people could be made perfect and, and, and please God by what we did and, and, the, and the revelation is actually that's not the case you know Paul goes on to say I counted it rubbish compared to garbage or worse and, uh, and but then he doesn't say so I just relax into Jesus has done it all for me and I can and I can just put my feet up but he sort of says, actually, I've got to, I, I, can, I, need to, I need to engage with taking hold of that, yeah. um, which Jesus has won for me. And, I, and, and I, so that's the, that's the kind of posture. And that's why this illustration of high-intensity football, um, I think, uh, speaks so well. into Because it's an illustration of, of what this is. 
yes, there's this extraordinary gift that is out there for us, but but we have to we have to have a have a posture of um, pushing into it in order to inherit it. You know, the people of Israel had to yeah. had to fight to inherit the promised land that was that was promised to them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think another example of this is in in Philippians one verse six, it's just earlier in this chapter. And Paul just sort of starts off by saying he's praying for them. Um, but he also says he's confident that God's begun a good work and, and will complete it. So let me just read that. Um, in all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So Paul's saying, I'm really confident that God has done something in your life. He started something amongst you, the church in Philippi and us, um, everyone I think who's part of this, who's listening to this talk, whether you would call yourself a Christian yet or not, um, the fact that you're connecting with this is in some way God is, Jesus is, is stirring something in your life. He's, he's beginning something. And, um, and, and, uh, and it, it says here he'll bring it to completion. So then if, if, if Paul's confident that God's begun something and he's bringing it to completion, then why does he need to pray? <laughs> the kind of, the do nothing sort of, you know, default in me, in me easy life tendency. He's like, oh, great, it's, it's done. But no, Paul says, I need to pray. And I think that speaks of our partnership with God. Yeah. Is that, so, Paul's, so this whole thing about pressing, it's not like saying you're on your own. Yeah. You know, you've got to beast yourself in order to try and yeah. get a morsel of meat from God's table. You know, that, it's actually saying, hey, Jesus has done that. Jesus has, has, has opened the door. And, uh, and our posture, let's go in that door together. Mm-hmm. And it's a kind of a partnership with God. And so... Um, so imagine Paul in his prayers, you know, knowing that God is at work amongst the Philippians, and still saying, "I want to partner with you, God, in what you're in what you're building." And, you know, like so Charlie said that Firmino leads the press in in Liverpool, so he's the one that says, "Right, team, come on, let's presumably let's let, let's go, let, let, let's 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 get this ball back, let's 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 apply pressure." Mm-hmm. And I think you know maybe maybe that's that's a, if we think of Jesus as being Firmino. Mm-hmm. Um, Similar sort of uh, wonderful work of God, isn't there? I think going on in Liverpool, lots of people have become Christians within that team, uh, maybe. Uh, and um, and uh, but it, but 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 if we think of Jesus as being the uh, the one who's leading the press, and we're and we're joining in with him and saying yes, let let's do that. So I think that's what I I think of on, on that yeah. posture of, of pressing. Yeah, and that that makes total sense to me, in terms of the overarching biblical narrative. So the whole story of the Bible is Eden, alienation, New Eden or creation, disconnection, new creation. And maybe another way of saying that is home, exile home. And home isn't, and and Eden and new Eden and new creation isn't, oh, that's the moment where we just sit back and do nothing, as if that's the goal. The goal is partnership with God. That's what he created. It's a design principle. We come alive when we partner with him. And actually any other resistance or withholding to that we we something in us dies we're called into life through partnership with god and that is home that is eden that is the new eden and the new creation it's exile and alienation to go into striving or apathy that's a that's a disconnected state so he's inviting us into partnership which is really exciting so it's not that we have to partner but we get to partner it's a privilege and we're invited into that he will do what he needs to do to inaugurate new creation, but we get to partner with him in that process. Mm. So I completely agree with what Chris is saying in terms of there's an invitation this year to press. And I think that the, the thing of home feels like quite a practical application for us at Hope. 
So if we look at every level of, of what we're doing at Hope, firstly, the, the, the pressing into building homes, whether you live on your own, with friends, as a family, household, we've been pressing in, particularly through COVID where there's been restrictions, on building deep, loving, warm, hospitable homes and household communities and communities of friends and faith. And that, that is a taste of heaven, homes, not houses. We feel is the phrase, not just for a particular ministry, which we're gonna to get to in a minute, but for every way we live. So in our relationship, it's a home, not just we function, but there's warmth, there's presence, there's humanity there, there's God's presence there. So we see that in individual households, but we also wanna see a home, not a house, in, in the community, the multi-generational cross-demographic community of hope, of hope where we are home, we're family, we're not, we're, we're not just sort of technically members of a community, but we actually love one another and, and we are home for one another, just as Jesus found his home in the Father, Jesus makes his home in us, and we are inherently invited into that Trinitarian relationship. So I think homes, not houses, speaks into every one of four hopes, four dreams, particularly those children love to be part of and building community and for those on the margins to be actually right at the centre. And then actually dealing with this critical issue of our age, which is homelessness. We don't want to just partner with different people and communities and projects to provide homes. We want so houses, bricks and mortar, where people have a shelter. We think that's absolutely fundamental for, for our well-being. It is non-negotiably <laughs> fundamental to be able to have a safe physical structure that we live in. And on top of that, we want to condemn for relational connection, for homes, not houses. So we feel that phrase, pressing into homes, not houses, it really engages every single area. So it's a particular project, isn't it, as well? There's the Homes, Not Houses project that's looking to, yeah. we're part of, looking to yeah. buy houses, buy a house, for example, mm. that people can live in who are coming into homelessness or prison or whatever. Mm. But you're saying it's a broader thing also for, yeah. for um, and then things like, uh, like our Thanksgiving festivals we had yes, in November exactly. was a way of extending. Yeah. We had meeting in smaller mm. household groups and, yeah. and there were these open homes that others mm. came into and were part of as well. Yeah. And that's something, yeah. another example of that. So we feel it's a really sharp ministry. The actual ministry is a project called Homes Not Houses, but we feel also that is an umbrella term for how we want to approach everything. Mm. And in terms of pressing what we want to press into, ultimately remember home is union with God and it's moving, uh, recovering what we lost at Eden and moving into the new creation and bringing heaven to earth now of a home where people feel connection, belonging, love, provision, everything that a good home should provide in Christ. So that's our kind of umbrella term, as well as a really a specific work that we want to contend for in terms of the actual homelessness crisis. And I love how that does fit in with what Mal and Chrisella have been bringing. They're actually going to bring something next Sunday on Rites of Passage, next Wednesday's podcast and next Sunday as well, because what they're doing is bringing their breakthrough, their anointing, what they've seen in their own life of how they've built home with their own biological children, but also many other people that have been part of their, their orbit, part of their life, have been invited into their festivals and rhythms. So that really fits into are partnering with them and, and them coming in a few times this year and as Chris said doing Thanksgiving we're going to be doing Passover near Easter time these kind of bigger festivals will be all about still building homes building relational connections so if we're thinking 
um, when we come to Hope on a Sunday or when we meet up with someone for a walk or when we come to a big like all church or event or when we go to someone's home, be thinking we're pressing into homes, not houses. That's what we're pressing into, relational connection with God and one another. Um, Chris, we're, uh, we're excited because you've been putting together a series. Um, this is inspired by what the, the, the elders felt God was saying when he wanted to lead us this term up until Easter. After Man and Chriselle come next week, what do you feel, what can, what, what's the sort of practical application? How are we going to press into becoming, being transformed to be like Jesus so we can yeah. host his presence and build these homes? So um, as we prayed as elders about this, this coming first teaching series this year, the, the, a word that came up several times was repentance. And that's a, a word which historically has been quite religious, but we've kind of rediscovered it as a church over these last 15 years as being this liberating, turning from, from an old into a new. And so we're going to spend some time looking at repentance in different things. So repentance, the list so far is still taking shape, but moving from people who are in despair into people of hope, moving from people who are self-focused into servants, from unbelief into faith, from bitterness and resentment into forgiveness, uh, sorrow into joy, um, maybe stingy or I don't know, slightly more religiously, maybe sort of without sounding word, into um, being generous. And uh, so that some of the, some of these turnings, and we're hoping that these will also be ways that we can process some of some of the last couple of years, the things that have been hard um, for us, as well as we look to kind of build and go forward. Um, so expecting that 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 repentance to be a. a a, a, a helpful and edifying thing for all of us uh, in the church uh, as we as we move forward. That's the that's the kind of plan. Yeah, and I just see. So if you if we have relationships and homes, physical homes where we actually live, but also in our friendship groups, which are marked by hope and servant-heartedness and faith and fearlessness and forgiveness and generosity and joy, that is a home. Mm. That's home. That's heaven on earth, and that's what we're contending for and moving into. This is a painful process though. Anyone who's gone through repentance, you know, God is a very precise surgeon. He's absolutely able to pinpoint the areas in our life that he wants to deal with, to bring into the light, to heal and restore. The enemy deals in general condemnation, you're rubbish, and that we can always just move away from that. That's never the way God speaks. But if we feel precision in our life, if we feel he's putting his finger on something, that is the Holy Spirit, the great heart surgeon, actually bringing us out of something, say fear, in an area of life into faith and that's what he's wanting to build in us we don't we're not doing this because we think this is a good idea we genuinely think this is what god wants to do with us and we want to partner with it mm -hmm. so i'm going to end now with a prayer which is our posture to say we're in mm. we we want this we want to be a place of home at every level of the way we operate and we want to say yes to the work it requires in our hearts to be that that kind of people who host god's presence so I'm going to pray now. God, I thank you so much that, that you, people say, you know, you love us too much to leave us as we are. You want us to be free from all these things that hold us back, from hosting your presence, from being home, from, from inaugurating, partnering with you and inaugurating new creation. You want to take us out of that feeling of exile and alienation, um, back into union with you and with one another and we welcome that in that in hope but we know that that requires a turning of patterns of ways of life of belief systems which actually lead to exile and alienation we need to turn from them back into your ways 
which lead to life, which create home and warmth and joy and hospitality. And we just say, yes, you, you, you are only operate by consent. You never coerce anything. You always only invite. And so we, well, we say yes to that invitation yeah. to become those kind of people that build and are homes, not just houses, that we are hosting heaven on earth, that we are partnering with you in inaugurating new creation. Amen. Amen. Yes to the press. Yes to the press. <laughs> <laughs>